once again we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Horror is different things to different people, I think. Um, to me, in spite of, of my drawings of monsters and, and um, the creeping dead crawling out of their graves and vampires and Frankenstein's monster and whatnot, uh, horror to me is, is, is an image of a well-dressed man standing on a corner waiting for a bus. And everything about him is absolutely perfect, except there's a spot of blood on his shoe. Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. And today for episode 110, Langley and I are going to sit and discuss genre illustration. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool because um, it's something that we talk about all the time. Yes. It's like uh, not on the air. And it's like, and it's, it's like, yeah, well, we should do an episode about these guys. Right. <laughs> And by genre, I think we're being fairly loose. Yeah, we are. I mean, um, like some of the some of the folks that we're going to talk about um, are are classical mm-hmm. um, painters, but they, you know, they have definitely painted. I mean, if, if, if I don't have him on my list, but I mean, look at Goya. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, his, yeah, there's yeah, a whole yeah. career out of making monstrosities, really. Yeah, yeah. or Bosch. Or right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's so, on my list. He is on your list. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the idea being that either book or comic or magazine illustration, yeah, yeah, and 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 we're gonna and I, I'm gonna get a little a little wonky, a little fuzzy with that, um, and make a make an argument later on for for something that that some people may not agree with. Cool, but God damn it, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> By the right. way, it's really nice to be back. I feel like with this weather, yeah, I you feel got like, snowed in, dude, man. Oh my God, it was like we had five foot drifts. I'd dig out and I'd be able to run to the gas station, come back. By that evening, snowed back in again. Yeah, yeah. And it was like days of that. Like, I, like we haven't had class. It feels like yeah. in forever. I haven't been here in forever. Yeah, yeah. Just, I know. last week I came home from the, my hospital gig on Saturday morning. I didn't leave the house until Thursday. It's, it was stupid. Yeah, it was really stupid. <laughs> I got a lot done, but it was still, yeah. yeah, I agree. It was kind of stupid. Um, So how do you want to do this? Do you want to just kind of throw names out back and forth? or Yeah, let's... There's yeah. not really a timeline because... No. That's no, ridiculous. No, no, no. I think we should start with the with the most obvious first, the one that I know is going to be on both of our lists. Sure. Uh, and there's probably going to be a few that we're. I think there's going to be more than a few, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, and and that's Frank Frazetta. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was on my list. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I mean, Frank Frazetta, um, his it, it, it for him for what makes him important to me is his impact. And his influence, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and you'll hear like all these other great artists talk about how, you know, when they were kids, they would go to the store and just look, you know, they'd stand back and look at the books, mm-hmm. and they'd look for a Frazetta cover, and it would 
reach out and grab them sure. and drag them across What's the floor. What's the four line? Took my hand and said, come little boy, I will show you <laughs> mysteries and magic. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I would go so far as to say that 70-80% of Conan's popularity are because, because of Frazetta oh, and his cover. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Because, I mean, those books were out before that. Oh, yeah. You know, they were out I still, them. I have all of them, the, the 12 with all of the Frazetta covers yeah. right there on the shelf. And they're fucking beautiful. They're beautiful. And s twisted and dark. and Frazetta had such a, uh, one, unique style. I mean, you look at a Frazetta, you know it's a Frazetta. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, he wasn't weird or out outlandish i mean it, you know it was it was all very realistic um very painterly um i think that frazetta is one of those people who is cursed with talent yeah well painting the, there's a documentary painting with fire that i you know i know you've seen many times uh but it talks about the dark periods about almost committing suicide sure. and how he he sort of lost the thread for a while. Well, he had that, that that health problem with his thyroid, and, mm -hmm. they, and, and they didn't know what it was for years. And and uh, and it was really tough for a guy like him because he he was very physical. He was mm -hmm. an athlete. Yeah. And uh, as reflected by seeing him as the subject for in so many of his his mm -hmm. paintings, um, yeah, he he you know and, and came from places where you wouldn't have guessed what he was going to wind up doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he did Little Abner for right. years, you know. A lot of stuff um, for Playboy. Yeah, you know, he did a lot of cartoony. And he's he's one of those guys that could do a lot of different things. Like, uh, especially since his death. And even, even before then, you know, you'd see... We all were familiar with the covers. We all mm -hmm. were familiar with the oil paintings. But... It was so wonderful to see his line drawings. Oh yeah, his pen and ink stuff. Beautiful, and his and his watercolor mm -hmm. stuff. You know, with the the that they're they're humorous. They're funny. His big break was doing Ringo Starr, that really? caricature of Ringo Starr, a portrait of Ringo Starr. Wow. For I think it was for Playboy, um, and that that got him uh, movie people interested mm -hmm. in him, and they were like can you do this as a movie poster? And he started doing that that thing that was really popular in the 60s for a while where you had like a cast of thousands and you had like this long line of people, usually somebody's chasing somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you see, you know, you see all these, you know, um, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and all these uh -huh. guys, you know, and it was like, holy shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But then... Uh, then fire and ice. Man, fire and ice. So great. And it's so... It's so daunting when you. It's like when you hear that they're remaking Dune and stuff. You yeah. hear like, man, fire, Robert Rodriguez redoing Fire and Ice with the blessing of the Frazetta estate. I, I guess, know. I hope it happens. I mean, they've I been talking too. about it for years. I do too. I think it'd be really. Cool. I think, I, yeah, because as we've said before, Rodriguez shouldn't do his own stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a solid story there. There's a solid story there, and I mean, it's. You know the the heavy lifting's done. Mm -hmm. You know the the thing is made. all the world building. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just remember Susan Terrell's voice. Yeah, as the mom, <laughs> just so great, and, so great. Um, you know that the the thing the thing about Frazetta too. Like, oh, and and <laughs> he has a stroke and loses the ability to paint with his right hand, which he's painted with. Mm -hmm. All his life, I don't know how old he was when he had the stroke, 70s, 80s. 
teaches himself to paint with his fucking left hand yeah, yeah, and yeah. keeps going. Who without does a, that? Without even a lot of a hiccup. You know what no, I mean? It's, yeah. it's like you, you, it's, you're hard-pressed to say what's post and pre-stroke. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing. My favorite Frazetta story is someone in an interview asked him about motion blur and how he gets the uh, kinetic energy, energy. in his mm -hmm. uh, paintings and what special tool he uses. And uh, reportedly, um, uh, Frazetta shrugged and held up his thumb. And he, he and the guy like asked him, and he goes, basically, I just sort of put my thumb on the painting and wipe it, <laughs> and that's how I get it. And the guy's like, it can't be that simple. And he's like, yeah, it's that simple. I know that he he uh, there was a part of him that lamented the fact that he had been kind of on a on a more um, traditionally fine painting, mm -hmm. fine painter um, uh, path as a child, and then his. Uh, his mentor, his instructor at whatever, I can't remember the name of the school, passed away. Mm. And that kind of, because like, so he was supposed to go overseas and train and, and do a bunch of stuff. Wow. And, and none of that happened. And he wound up going into advertising and comics and like so many other guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, he's he's the guy, I, and, and it's happening more and more, but I think he's the guy that, that brought legitimacy to mm -hmm. illustration and to cover art. So that it's now viewed as fine art, fine art, as I think it always should have been. Right. Which brings me to my first guy, mm -hmm. and that's Basil Gogos. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so Basil is fucking amazing. Did all the covers for Famous Monsters of Filmland, and and what's interesting about that, this guy is is now that he's in his the twilight of his years. Yeah. His focus is shifting away into this weird sort of expressionistic watercolory kind yeah. of painting yeah. stuff which doesn't seem like what he should be doing um but then again if you're in your 80s or whatever uh, basil is right you know how many more times can you draw bella lugosi as dracula right you know the thing about gogos is his use of color mm -hmm. you'll have a you'll have a yeah, character yeah, yeah. and if i tried it if i tried it it would turn into a fucking mess but he'll have a character that'll have it, it, it's one half of its face will be purple the mm -hmm. chin will be yellow there'll be this will be green up here mm -hmm. and it works yeah, beautifully yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing it's almost in dare i say baba-esque the way he uses yes. color and lighting yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and he's in and you know the thing that's different about him and and you know as opposed to say somebody like frazette or somebody like that is he's primarily port uh does portraits mm -hmm. and uh and that's really cool and hard, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Iconic stuff, too, man. I just remember some of those famous Monsters covers. Just as you talk about standing at the newsstand and just being blown away. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the thing about it is, like, in my, in my mind sometimes, when I think of Kong, mm -hmm. or I think of Lugosi's Dracula, or I think of any of these iconic... Carla. The, the, I, I, I don't think of... A frame from the movie. Yeah, I think of Gogus's painting. Sure, yeah, sure. and it's nice now that he's he's on a convention circuit. Yeah, he's getting some of the love. I had a lovely conversation with him at Monster. Palooza. Oh, did you really? Yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was great. It, the trick is, kids. The trick is, you either hang out at the bar, or you hang out in the lobby of the hotel. Mm -hmm. You'll see everybody, and because everybody's got a check. I'll give in you another one out. for free. If you go up to someone and like that, Basil Gogos. Yeah. 
do your research. Find that one weird thing that they geek on. Yeah. And you'll talk for hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It might not be about what you want to talk about, but you get them talking. Yeah. And then you'll get, you'll if you're smart, you'll get what you need. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talk, find... to, talk to Lance Henriksen about his pottery. Yeah, talk yeah. to Barry Bostwick about his potter. Yeah, pottery. that's exactly. I'm not going to give it away, but his I know his email address has the word potter in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, because because ultimately these folks, what we know them for, that's their job. Yeah. And they and and I'm not saying they, they don't love their job, but it's their job. They mm -hmm. have other things. And they've they... spent their lifetime reaching the level to which they are now. Right. So to go back over it, it's like you know, it's you, you don't talk to a musician about learning scales you, right you know it's like you, you try to engage so yeah absolutely absolutely he's great though i mean we interviewed him for carpenter 20 and he was nothing but accommodating yeah you know here's i asked him for images and it was like here's a zip file and it was just boom yeah. huge amounts <laughs> beautiful stuff so yeah basil gogos again if you don't know who he is you need to yeah you, you definitely need to check him out so next on my list is um when I was a kid, you know, there was always, it was always Madonna versus Cyndi Lauper, right? <laughs> Prince versus Michael Jackson. I'd see either one of those fights. Yeah. Oh, wait, you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, as to, you know, who are you? Are you, a, are you a Madonna person or are you a Lauper person? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a Jackson person or are you a Prince <laughs> person? Are you a Frazetta person or are you a Boris Vallejo person? Yeah. And Boris Vallejo, uh, I don't have him. Is, is, he's, he's, he's up there because he, yeah. he was doing the same type of work, the mm -hmm. same, often the same titles, mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, a different, um, print. Spin on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, very, very similar in subject matter. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of barbarians, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, beautiful, beautiful bodies. A lot Almost of photo real in its very, interpretation. Very, yeah, photo uh, subhead, real. Subheading on the Boris Vallejo is Julie Bell. Yes. Who worked with him for years and now yeah, she's yeah, yeah. off on her own. Um, why I didn't put him on my list was, is I've always found him, like all of his subjects are stiff. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say is like, if, if I track my kind of art heroes through the years mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's representative of of a certain thing when i was uh you know 10 11 12 vallejo was the shit yeah he was on he, everything he was the guy he was on everything he was on the covers of my favorite books he was on out music you know um, um album covers mm -hmm. and i look at it and i just be like how how mm -hmm. how do you make it look so real how do you make the you know they 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 literally look real mm -hmm. um and i'd look at frazetta and i love frazetta too and i think oh frazetta's not as good he's not as good mm. it, because i'm liking i as adolescent mind i'm thinking real looking must be better right right then you grow up a little bit and you realize oh my god frazetta's like his shit's alive. Mm -hmm. Boris's stuff is real, mm -hmm. but they're corpses. Yeah, yeah. It looks know? like it looks like someone who works from photographs. It, yeah, and and he does. Mm -hmm. And Frazetta didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, now, all good artists will tell you definitely you need you need to use references. You need sure. To use Frazetta was the the exception. He he didn't use any references. Hmm. Um, he because I've noticed like every artist they have that board. Usually over their workspace. Sure, sure. That they is like an inspiration board right. for what yeah, they're yeah, working yeah. on. They put up all this photos. Right. 
I can't imagine him not doing that. There's a great story about, um, and, and it's in it's in painting uh, with fire. There's a great story about he, he was having to do like a, a poster for a John Wayne movie or something, uh -huh. and the guy wanted a rabbit jumping out of the bushes, mm -hmm. and uh, the guy's like, "Can you paint a rabbit?" And he's like, "I, I think I I've never painted a rabbit. I don't I don't really look at rabbits." So he just sat down and did this beautiful rabbit jumping out, and. Uh, yeah, so he um, he also now Frazetta was was very had a very high opinion of himself, but rightfully so. So does Boris Vallejo. Yeah, absolutely, to be fair. absolutely. Since we're talking absolutely. that, because Boris was a you know good-looking guy and did a lot of his own posing. And That's the other thing about Boris. Now both, a pair of dumbbells. Both Boris and Frazetta um, used themselves as models mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and uh which is cool um boris used his wife doris mm -hmm. also for for a long time too boris and doris yeah um, i just yeah <laughs> wow that's tough i thought we were bad with tom and cat <laughs> yeah. boris, boris. um and uh but yeah so um i i i, I love vallejo's work but i think to really get to to see Vallejo's best stuff again you look at his pen and ink stuff you look at his mm -hmm. his his sketches and the things he's done with graphite that's usually the real yardstick yeah you know, show me your pencils and yeah you know yeah before you fuck him up with color I know an artist right now his pencils are beautiful and his his painted pieces based on the pencils mm -hmm. not so much not not as good it gets muddy people get people you know uh, my experience you, you find a, a medium that really mm -hmm. you know works for you and you kind of that's where you do and you know you try to you try other things and, and mm -hmm. stuff but it's kind of like being a fighter you know there's you it's it's the rare person who's good in all ranges right you know yeah, um, right, right 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 and uh again and that's why Frazetta was king is because he was he, he could do it all no. and mm -hmm. he and often those most iconic covers that we love done in one night because yeah. he procrastinated I heard a story once about um, this is going kind of back to Frazetta that a, a, a dude I once talked with at a con had knew Frazetta and spent the night at his house and at night after dinner he showed him this, the workspace and mm -hmm. he went in there and he showed him this beautiful painting and uh, the guy went to bed and everyone went to bed and the guy couldn't get the painting out of his mind mm -hmm. so he went in and took a picture of it mm -hmm. and went back to bed and in the morning when he got up, he went into the studio and Frazetta had whitewashed the entire canvas. <laughs> and the, the guy realized that the only, exam, only example of that artwork was in his camera. And how does he tell Frazetta? I took a picture of that last night. Yeah, yeah. Could you, but you, could you imagine looking at something like a Frazetta and going, not good enough. It's just, I'm going to start over. Yeah. That's just yeah. crazy. Uh, I'm going to take it now and go into another direction. Uh, Michelangelo Merisi de Caravaggio, known as Caravaggio. Yes. He, he lived from 1571 to 1610. Um, this Very guy, controversial guy yeah. as far as his personal life Absolutely. goes. Absolutely. But his work is jaw-dropping. His chiaroscuro stuff is is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Look at stuff like the beheading of John the Baptist. Yes. All of the religious stuff he did, it, it was so real and so dark and so vibrant and yeah he he he, he definitely had uh, 
uh, his the darkness in his personal life or mm-hmm. the perversity in his personal life mm-hmm. he kind of reveled in kind of like being perverse mm-hmm. he, that would all show up in his in his paintings sure, and, sure. and if it wasn't for his talent I bet he would have got shit more shit for it than he, than it's he not did burned. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely but it's beautiful stuff mm-hmm. um the subject matter isn't fantastic or monster or horror related right. other than that there's horror inherent in the things that we people do there's a lot but, of violence a lot of violence yeah a lot of violence yeah. in it um Oh god, the, the the painting of them taking Christ down from the cross. Yeah, huh. it's the first time you see it. It's just like like nothing else. Yeah, um, it's it's his is the type of work that you look at, and in and it makes one think: Is there a divine, yeah, you know, presence yeah. somewhere? Because it seems like people shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I, it's a lot of these people. You know, everyone that we've mentioned so far. I just it just boggles my mind when I think about, you know, you you create something and you step back and you're proud of it, but you, when your when your end product is this kind of stuff, it's like you gotta you gotta feel like you're just a conduit to something yeah. much bigger than yourself because yeah. clearly. You know, and I'm sure there's like technique involved and things that can be learned. Right. But yeah, I see. I you know, I see people teaching. You know, teach. You know, <coughs> they teach. Teach how to paint like you know. They use the same techniques, right? You yeah. Know, you 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 paint your canvas black first, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's the first step. And then you, then you 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 uh, you you create a white. Um, this is opposite. Like a mask. Of, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. this is opposite of what most people do. Most people have a, a white canvas, and you go in and you do you do your darks and you build up to lights. And he'd work the opposite. He'd go in and you'd be like you'd have like this white um, underpainting, mm-hmm. and then he'd start to lay in glazes and colors on top of that and build on that. And, and it's very. It's, it's a lot of stuff of like you know half light. A lot of people in shadow, heavily yeah. shadowed the room, not really. Being too you don't descriptive. See, yeah, you don't see, you know, and that's really cool because that draws the attention to just what you need. Yeah. The rest of the, the rest of it's dark. You know? Agreed. And Agreed. it's often that warm. It's not just black. It's yeah. it's a warm black. There's yeah, red in it. Yeah, there's yeah. brown in it. Firelight. And, and, it's hard to do. Yeah. Or at yeah, least yeah. it is for me. Yeah. It's beautiful stuff though. So, yeah. I you know again we talked about pulling names out of the out of the past and there's definitely one. I got a couple more. Sure. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with uh somebody different um now you know one of the things about doing a podcast is we often talk about people that we read about mm-hmm. right we 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 know all about them we've read about them you know and we've never heard anyone pronounce their damn name okay. <laughs> so so forgive me if i get this guy's name wrong um D, uh, gino di Achille, okay or Achille. Uh, he's italian yeah so hey, gino, hey, hey, hey. Just it's, go. Hey, yeah, at the end of it. Chill. He, um... This is the work you showed me last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and this shit. Guy, and this guy is not... He's not the kind of jaw-dropping, oh my God, that you get from Frazetta or Carvaccio or Vallejo or mm-hmm. any of these guys. He, he he's, His style's very, very painterly in that you can see the brush strokes. You, you know, you... Mm-hmm. you um, but he um, did so many hundreds of um science fiction and horror covers 
um, in, in, in particularly in the seventies. Um, and like a lot of people, um, he was from Rome originally. He started out in advertising, and he wound up eventually working his way to covers. Um, what what really snagged me, and what really kind of uh, was his big break was he landed um, doing the covers of the 1973 printing of the John Carter books. And the those were the ones that I was introduced to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'd look at those covers and they were they were great. They're different. The the people aren't hyper idealized. They're not all, you know, they're not, you know, they don't look like they've been in a, you know, yeah. in a gym all their life. They yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're way more realistic. And the um, and his his depiction of the green men, you know, was mm-hmm. fantastic. Oh, the, and the chess men of Mars, where he's got the you know the the, the crab like things that crawl mm-hmm. on the, It's beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. If you have, if you haven't checked him out, definitely um, check him out. It's his last name is D apostrophe A C H I L L E. If you're it's not almost like Achilles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It might be Achille. I yeah. Um, his first name is Gino. He's he's on the internet. Um, go check him out. Uh, beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. That's really yeah. That was not a name that was anywhere near my list. But when you, absolutely great. Uh, let's see. I'm looking over my list now. Um, let's go with this. Manuel Perez Clemente, aka San Julian. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. San Julian's another one of those guys that you, when you see it. You know, you know it, it, and you love it immediately. Yeah. I always think of him hand in hand with Esteban Morado. Yeah, uh, because they they often did like a lot of times. Funny, God, we thought it was Morado. Anyway, it, it, it probably yeah, it is. is. It probably is yeah, yeah, yeah. Morado. Anyway, Esteban. Yeah. Um, often, San Julian would do a cover to a, a Warren Publications magazine, mm-hmm. like Creepy or Eerie or something like that. That. For a story that Esteban illustrated inside, oh, cool. it was very cool. That's very um, cool. Yeah, his stuff is beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it ha- and and it has this definite. There's, I, I'm I'm trying to think of how to describe it. His, rather than somebody's skin texture being smooth, mm-hmm. his skin textures have like um, all these gradations, and they're all. It's not blotchy, but it's it's got texture to it. And it's uh, it's hard to describe without mm. looking at it. And I don't know his technique. I don't know if he painted oils. I don't know. I, I was looking at recently. I was looking at a. Uh, he did a kind of a a gogo style portrait of Willis O'Brien. Oh wow! It was beautiful. It's this beautiful portrait of Willis O'Brien, and it's got like Kong in one corner and Mighty Joe Young in mm-hmm. another, and the the giant behemoth, and it's got all this cool stuff, and um, it's. It's gorgeous. It might be my favorite thing I've ever seen him do. Hmm. He also did a lot of the barbarian muscle. Yeah. He did he did Conan. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, when you mention skin tone, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a subsection here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one name always comes to my mind, and it's not really, it's kind of genre, but not genre, and that's uh, Tonino Liberatore, mm-hmm. who did Ranzarok's. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one does skin tone like Liberatore. Yeah. If if you haven't read Rans Rocks, it's hyper violent and really fucked up, but it's beautiful. Is it? Is there a is there a definitive beginning and end? That, like no, the, no, it just no kinda... I, I, I'm sure there was in the stamps that one was printed first. Sure, or whatever. but they're just sort of slices of life about a it's about a giant uh, robot who befriends a, a preteen 
heroin addict. Yeah. And just sort of is her muscle. <laughs> and we're, we're talking about, we're talking like mid 70s. Yeah. Um, they, they did a big run of it in heavy metal. Yeah. But, 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 my, but my point in bringing them up is, is that, that skin tone. If you look at um, Frank Zappa's cover to uh, Man From Nowhere, yeah. he's standing there and he's crushing a guitar and just the arm, his arm is just... And San Julian, that same sort of thing. It does. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I'm hoping... This is going to be one of those episodes where I'm hoping we say some name that mm -hmm. somebody doesn't know and, and yeah, goes look and him checks up. out. Because look him up, man. Ranzerox. R-A-N-X-E-R-O-X. It's the shit. It is. And uh, for those with a punk sensibility, it's it's very, very... Mm -hmm. It's very 70s punk. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous, man. It's beautiful You know, stuff. and San Julian, I would also sort of throw in Joe Jusco in there, too. Yeah. That same sort of yeah, port very portraiture, yeah. that same sort of... Now that I'm thinking about design. it, is it San Julian? Yeah, it might be. We're going to be fucking up names we're gonna, this yeah. entire episode. And we're not even going to mention Hajime Soriyama, because <laughs> that'll fuck us up for days. But, which, by the way, Hajime Soriyama. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> if, uh, Soriyama. Soriyama, look up guy, Gynoids. G-Y-N-O-I-D-S. It's a sort of sexualized human-robot hybrid. Yeah. He did that painting I showed you of the woman making love to the octopus. Was the octopus, yeah. And it's... It's sexy as fuck. It is. It's uh, and it's beautiful. But um, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my next guy is going to be uh, uh, Frank Kelly Freeze, um, whose name I mispronounced wow. for years as Frias. Mm -hmm. it, it looks like Frias. F R E A S. <laughs> Not on my list either. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Here's a guy that um, uh, again, I, I kind of like the the guy I was talking about before. I, I, he's not. You, you don't look at his stuff and lose your shit. Mm -hmm. But he's very important because he was so prolific and he was on... you. A lot of these guys, if, 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 even if you don't know their names, as soon as you start looking at their covers, you're going to be like, oh my God, that, that image is burned in my head from when I was a child. Mm -hmm. um, he, this guy won 10 Hugo Awards. Wow. Um, he was on the cover of everything, everything. He's on the cover <laughs> of one of my favorite books, Invasion by Aaron Wolf, that I've talked about on here before. Mm -hmm. um, a very loose style, very loose, very painterly. Um, I, I find that um, I'm not a painter. I, I draw. Um, but I find that painters, when I when they see his stuff, really like his stuff mm. because they can see they can see exactly what he's doing, and they 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 appreciate somebody who's loose and can just put things on and like boom, look, there's a painting. Um, he's American. He was raised in Canada, and um, something that that got his notice or got him noticed um, early on was. Uh, um, uh, he wound up doing all the Alfred E. Newman covers oh, from wow. 1955 to 1962, or 1958 Jeez, to 1962. Talk about iconic. Yeah, and and when you look at Alfred E. Newman, he didn't originate the the, the original Alfred mm -hmm. E. Newman, um, but when you look at those, you see exactly this style that he had, and it's 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 painterly, it's kind of. Um, and expressionistic a little bit, sure. impressionistic a little bit, and that mm -hmm. that things aren't always in proportion, mm -hmm. and and they're kind of wonky, and it's beautiful. In a weird way, Mad Mag. We're going to keep coming back to Mad Mag, sure, and that's going to be important in a minute. Yeah, yeah, he's great, and beautiful stuff. You know, again, he's one of those guys that like, um, 
when I think of science fiction, when mm. I think of science fiction paperbacks, his paintings are the ones I think of. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned impressionistic. I'm going to go back a, a few years as well. Francis Bacon, not the the, the painter, not the the orator. Right, dude. right, right. Uh, most famously, his painting, um, Red the Red Dragon, was used in um, Manhunter. Manhunter, yeah. Um, uh, he also has a piece called Three Studies for Figures at the Base of the Crucifixion. It's very expressionistic, very sort of... Um, leans in the direction of say let's say like a clive barker yeah kind of a thing mm -hmm. it's not photo real and it's not it's more nightmare than that more um impressionistic than that that dream but, dream like yeah yeah it's great stuff um and it's not a name that i thought would get mentioned on here so i wanted to bring it up absolutely and and it's interesting to note that giger cited francis bacon as an inspiration i can see that. when he was trying to design the baby aliens for for the first alien, mm. the, the the chest burster. Mm -hmm. and when he was trying to design that, he he was looking for he was looking at. I think it was a, it might be the same painting that the 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 where they're taking Christ down off the cross. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he was looking at that and somehow got the chest burster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do but drugs, it was interesting kids. to hear Giger mention like this. Sure. You know this guy that we think of. Well, you know, I don't trust when I start talking to artists. Um, like at cons and stuff, and I'll listen. And we, we talk and stuff, and usually inspirations come up. And I don't trust if there's not a couple of classicists in there. You know, it's like you got to do your homework and you yeah. got to learn what, what's gone before. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same with filmmakers, right? You know, yeah. it's like if they're not talking about, you know, John mm -hmm. Ford, mm -hmm. then well, that's why it's like I always say, like you know, you have to, you have to, you have to see westerns and you have to see thrillers in order to be effective. In your genre, yeah, so. absolutely, and yeah. it's not just those two. I mean, I mean across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, so my next guy is uh, a guy named um, Hannes Bach. Not on my list either. Hannes Bach. Um, his real name was Wayne Francis Woodward. Um, and uh, this is even, in fact, I think a new one for me. Well, Han okay. Hannes Bach um, was real <laughs> prolific with the pulps. He he did a lot of covers for Weird Tales, Amazing Stories. He did um, a lot of artwork for Arkham Press. Mm. Um, a lot of those guys that came out of that that whole era that spawned Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard and all those guys did. This guy did a lot of illustrations for them, and it's he's very similar to Virgil uh, Finlay. Okay, um, in a lot of ways, um, a lot of the same um, people hired him. But when you look at his stuff, it's very um, uh, garish and grotesque and almost cartoony, mm. and it's 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 noteworthy because the shading on it is is freaking nuts. His shading is is unreal. But even more important than that is his just unusual choices and. Uh, it, it would be real it, it, real inspirational if you're having to do something and you don't want it to look real mm. you want it to look odd you know and uh his his stuff is is gorgeous um his mentor was um he died in 1964 his uh mentor was maxfield parish okay yeah uh so that was that was who he studied under you know and but yeah but you there's another he, one he could have gone that route yeah. right 
but he liked science fiction and yeah, horror yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So he went that way. And he was also a writer. He wrote stories for, um, huh. uh, the, uh, for some of these pulp, uh, uh, publications. I'm um, kicking myself now because Maxwell Parrish is not on my list. Yeah, but, did he, did he, but he didn't do dark stuff. Yeah, he it doesn't. Know. I look, <laughs> look up, look up Maxwell Parrish. He's look up Hannes, Hannes Bach. H A N N E S. Last name B O K. Um, it's weird and it's disturbing and uh, it's unlike stuff you've ever seen. Uh, oddly enough, my I'm going to go ahead and linchpin off of that and say Virgil Finley. Yes. <laughs> Uh, cover artist for like weird tales and amazing stories and stuff like that. And a lot of illustration, mm. a lot of story illustration. Great stuff. Black and white, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the first people I fell in love with because here's somebody else who does pointillism. Yeah. This guy was like, he yeah. had a dusting of dots, right? Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. like, yeah. Whoosh, yeah. it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, he, um, he, he and he did he too would do like weird stuff like like he'd have a, an entirely realistic uh rendering mm-hmm. but then the stars in the sky would be star shaped you know the five pointed star instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of like making it Dots. look like real star yeah, yeah. those are very interesting yeah, yeah. uh choices i love that stuff i love i love the stuff he does I love the stuff you do i love the stuff drew friedman does yeah. cuz i look at pointillism and i think that's just hours of, of just <laughs> sitting there and every dot matters and every dot has its own influence yeah, on the you, overall. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that uh, I, one of the reasons why I like it is because if I start to fuck up, I can see it. Because I'm moving so slowly and <laughs> yeah. I can start changing it. Yeah. In um, fact, Drew Friedman, um, I was listening to him being interviewed on Gilbert's show and Gilbert calls him Dots. Goes, hey, how's it going, Dots? Hey, dots. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful stuff. And yeah. I just look at it, and it just, again, I just, you know, I look at most paintings, and I see work, and I see talent. and But that, I just see this obsessiveness, this sort of need to, to, to and, and the end result, I'm going to blow some smoke up your ass for a minute. <laughs> you do, your jeans and stuff, that the clothing you do, yeah. is fucking amazing. It looks so rich and so lush, and, um. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you clearly, you know, you don't, you don't walk away from it and going, man, I feel like I'm blowing you. Um, uh, uh, but you look at it. It's nice to hear. You come away from it. Like, you know, I'm pointing to a piece that no one's seen, but me and Langley, I have it in my wall. But, um, uh, the material, it just looks, gives it this whole sort of sense of weight and, and, um, form that I just love this stuff. And that's why I brought up. Virgil Finley. Yeah, he's great. He's great. I I had a one of my instructors in college like just thought I was nuts because anytime we did, you know, like he'd say, "Do a drawing of this," and I, you know, everybody, you know, he expected me to go sketch, 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 and I can't, I can't, I'm not good. At, I can't do that. I have to sit down and go dot dot. Yeah, you know what? Langley's working when you hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that came from. I think that came from, um, when I first went to art school in 1984. Mm. Um, it was the the program was called commercial graphics, which today would be graphic design. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. There were, we we had no computers, and they had this very definite advertising look that they liked, and a lot of 
people called it like computer look, where, and it was dots. You were mm. doing, you were doing yeah, dots. like the dot matrix. Printers. And so that was like all I was doing all day long. Yeah. And I think I think it, I think yeah, I've I... been broken. I want to mention Drew Friedman, the guy. He, if you look at Howard Stern's book, Private Parts, all yes. of the interior illustrations are his. Yeah, he does amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this is a guy that we mentioned earlier, Hieronymus Bosch. Yep. Um, Dutch painter um, in both the 1400s and the 1500s. Mm-hmm. Um, Barker's a big fan. I, I can't imagine anybody who has any interest in um, good and evil, um, surrealism, theology, kind of the, the, mythology, yeah, absurd. You know, like I, I can't imagine them not checking this guy out because. Sure. This guy, I mean, again, it's almost like a Where's Waldo kind of painting. Yeah, where there's you, so much going there's on. There's so much going on, and there, 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 there's like literally hundreds of characters. Mm-hmm. And like in his most famous um, triptych, um, uh, the Garden of Earthly De- Delights, mm-hmm. that thing is nuts. It's bananas. It's, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. You look at it and you got, you think, man, he had to have been doing drugs. Had to have been. I, you know, I because mm-hmm. you look at it and you're just like, there's so. The characters are so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Like... You know, in, an, in a weird way, a name that I'm going to bring out from modern day that re- has always reminded me of Bosch mm-hmm. is Jeff Darrow. Uh, Jeff yeah. Darrow did uh, Rust, um, Hard Boiled with Frank Miller. Right, and, right, and right. He designed a lot of the shit that's in The Matrix. Yeah. And uh, obsessive, big, big landscapes of just uh, micro of Little tiny, uh, like pipes. Yeah, pipes and cables. Yeah, yeah. And... If you look at the squiddies from Matrix, that's yeah. so Jeff Darrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and true. So cool. It's so cool. Um, but Bosch, absolutely. Bosch um, influenced uh, Barker's book. Uh, is it Mister Nobody? Something like that. Mm. Um, but he talks about the creation of print and print. I forget what the book is called. I want to say it's Mister Nobody. It's it's. Wrong. It's pretty amazing when you stop and you you stop and you look at it. And there's been there's there there was that was kind of a thing then. Like I, I you'd have these paintings that had these like cast of thousands mm-hmm. um, being tortured by demons or something. Sure, you know, and and that kind of stuff. But but his stuff it has that, but it also has like. There's an over the little tiny down in this corner. There's this fish guy walking. A lot of cryptozoology, has, almost. Yeah, and it's you like know? you know, and you can't fish men. People and... have spent decades like trying to mm. figure his shit out. You yeah, know? there is a good documentary to check out. Um, I think it's called The Secrets of Hieronymus Bosch, okay. um, and uh, and it explores all the different theories on what the hell this shit's supposed to mean. Um, and this guy has his own theory that I won't. You should check it out. It's it's uh, you can go on YouTube and find it, uh, mm. and it's uh, it's 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 great. Um, but what's really cool about it is you get a lot of really good close up looks at at the paintings. At, at the paintings. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I'm my next guy. I'm gonna bring him up because he was kind of the spark that started our idea for the show, and that is Bernie Wrightson. Yeah huge footprint Bernie Wrightson um but uh, I guess Bernie just retired because he had had a stroke or something he, and, yeah uh, he's had a series to, of strokes and able to paint anymore yeah and when you look at his work like if you if you've ever seen his version of Frankenstein Frankenstein is I, it, it's his I mean he 
you can't say he has a shining moment because all it's of this stuff is beautiful. There are there are panels in Frankenstein that make you just weep. Yeah. The I will be with you on your wedding night is one. It's is I'm I'm looking at this 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 drawing up on Tom's wall. It is so full of detail. And it's yeah. not a little drawing. It's, it's huge. Big and if you look up I will be with you on your wedding night, that's what the the print was called yeah and it's it's essentially frankenstein's monster having victor by the scruff of the neck yeah demanding that he build i love and i love his his image of of the monster mm -hmm. and is is for me is the iconic image of, of frankenstein's yeah. monster more so than than karloff absolutely um that that sort of tented nose and whatever. there's also a, a frame in there or a, a print in there of the monster Hidden away in a shed on grass, sort of clutching himself. Yeah, oh. It's like, I, oh, it's I know. I look at that and I go, "Oh, Tom's been there <laughs> lots of times." It's beautiful stuff. And and then when you look at his other stuff from from the from the line art, um, almost woodcut art of the Frankenstein stuff, to the stuff like Captain something or other that he did for Heavy Metal, which was straight up cartoony stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Um... Uh, Captain Stern. Yeah, Captain Stern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hanover Fist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very sort of uh, uh, cartoony. It's and very goofy. cartoony. Yeah, yeah. And it's. And all things in between. It's great. Um, his, his, his stuff in, again, a lot of. Uh, so many of these guys um, share some of the same jobs, mm -hmm. right? And in and, 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 and doing. Um, and working for the Warren publications, you know, creepy, eerie, Vampirilla, mm -hmm. um, all of those, and uh, and he's no exception. He he has he has some of the best um, stuff in those magazines. I think. Yeah. yeah some, some of his Absolutely. stuff is, is is. There's a there's a great book that you if you can find it, it's probably going to be a little spendy. I'll warn you now, but it's called The Studio. And it was a one-year project that Bernie Wrightson, Mike Kaluta, Jeff Jones, and, and Bernie Wrightson, the four of them. Right. Um, they were they were they shared a workspace for a year. Yeah. And everything in the book is what came out of that year. Cool. And one of the pieces there's a very famous Wrightson piece of a man. With an axe in his hand, leaning over a fence, and a lot of severed heads down the road. Yeah, road. that that thing's that thing's gorgeous. Yeah, unbelievable. It's beautiful. Yeah. And and you know, and again, we got it's a, it's a a guy with a different style. He mm -hmm. has this very um, strong um, sense of line. Uh, very, um, he, he uses. You can tell he uses both um, a straight pen and uh, and a, uh, a brush for his inks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's gorgeous. And then he does watercolors. And, yeah, and, it, and it's all beautiful. Uh, he he had reapproached Frankenstein before the stroke started to happen with Steve Niles writing it, mm -hmm. and it's a good book. It's really good. It was out for a, a little bit of time. And um, you know, Niles handled the writing well. And it was the, called like Frankenstein Alive or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Wrightson's one of those like guys who y we would be remiss. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and we're gonna miss a lot of people. You know, yeah. there's there's gonna be you know you're gonna be out there screaming like, what about this guy? Yeah, yeah. And we would be right there with you. Yeah, we should. Well, I got a big catch-all coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So kind of. 
at least at least in 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 some aspects because you, you mentioned you know Wrightson's uh, stuff almost kind of sometimes feels uh, like a like an engraving mm -hmm. almost like a wood engraving which brings me to Gustav Dore yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gustav Dore you know he's he's in the 1800s um, and he did primarily wood engravings which mm -hmm. you know for us translates into pen and ink mm -hmm. is basically they're, they're they're black and white um, drawings um, he he was the illustrator for fucking everything. Yeah, every uh, Bible story, every like Paradise Lost. Yeah, and um, the other one, uh, 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 the Dante's the, Inferno. Yeah, the the Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy as well. He did Poe. Mm -hmm. He did um, the Rime of the Ancient Mariner. He did so many uh, we, literature and mm -hmm. and just, again, it was the eighteen hundreds. Absolutely. Gorgeous. Yeah, He's a guy that I that I look at, and I'm like, "What's the beheading one where the guy's standing there holding the oh, Ulysses and or the no, no, it's a uh, uh, David and Goliath." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man, man, yeah, that one kicks ass. It's you know, great. the other really iconic one is Moses with the tablets yeah, raised yeah, above yeah, his yeah, head, yeah, yeah. and that's what's cool about Dore is his style influenced so many filmmakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because. That's straight out of Ten uh, that's Commandments. Straight out of Ten. Yeah, Demille yeah. looked at or that. Or rather, the said, reverse of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh did, yeah, there's a there's one of the a pit of hell. I remember that's just stunning. Yeah, just beautiful. It, it, he he did he <laughs> illustrated Don Quixote, mm -hmm. and because of his illustrations, you can't do Don Quixote without making Don Quixote and soundtrack look like those characters Absolutely. like anybody who's ever tried they always go back to, mm -hmm. to those illustrations even like man of la mancha and all that other stuff yeah. straight up out of those same yeah. drawings absolutely. absolutely um he, he something that was um different with him mm -hmm. was a lot of times artists will the the background will be darker mm -hmm. and then the foreground will be lighter will be you know you, you you light your subject in front of this and as things fade away they get he did it the opposite. Mm -hmm. His backgrounds would be light, mm -hmm. well lit, and then the foreground would be dark, yeah. and that was beautiful. It makes it makes for a, a, a wonderful vignette, and um, and 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 lends itself very well to filmmaking. Willis O'Brien um, used all all of his um, uh, composition and lighting. In uh, in the original King Kong mm -hmm. for all the jungle stuff. Sure. Um, Harryhausen used him. Um, Demille is hugely hugely influential. Um, again, another guy that I, I don't know. I mean, like most people probably know who Dory is, but if you don't, check it out. Gustav yeah. Dore. It's D O R E. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good good stuff. Another elephant in the room that I think we'll talk about briefly, and that's uh, Edward Gorey. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you wouldn't get to Tim Burton without Edward Gore. Absolutely. You wouldn't get to that whole sort of gothy aesthetic. When you look him. at at Tim Burton's drawings, especially early yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they're straight, straight up. up. Yeah. And when you look at things like the Amphigory and um, the Alphabet book that he did, uh -huh. um, super dark. It's almost. It reminded me of in subject matter. Another guy that I did, is not on my list. It probably should be. Um, that is. Reminds me of this is Gay and Wilson. Oh wow! Very dark, yeah. very kind of twisted in a weird way, mm -hmm. you know. And yet, childlike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very... Did you know, speaking of Gay and Wilson, did you know that Gay and Wilson? He, he Gay and Wilson does a lot of very 
very funny stuff. It's very, very dark, though. He was born dead. And they revived him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was like, I guess that it sort of affected my <laughs> Yeah, I saw him speak once at a con, and it was it was amazing. Um, his work is really great stuff. But Gory, Gory's like the favorite of every goth kid in, yeah. in the world. You know, there, there's a lot of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, earlier I was talking about how if I traced my my kind of artistic heroes and and looked at the you know how old I was whenever I looked at them, they were kind of reflective of of what you think is important mm -hmm. for that age, right? Yeah. And and you know I started out loving Boris because you know it was it, you know it impressed the fuck out of me, right? Sure. You know, um, then I and then it was Frazetta, you know, who's who's um, kinetic energy in his paintings like really impressed me and and, uh -huh. and 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 then and now um i'd probably have to say my favorite favorite painter illustrator guy that comes from the same background would be james bama yeah 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 yeah, yeah. james bama um is another of those guys who if you were if you're of a certain age and you remember going to the library, and particularly your school library, mm -hmm. and you looked at all these books, and you never, never once occurred to you that you know somebody's painting these these things, um, portraits of JFK, mm -hmm. um, uh, different presidents, generals, things like that, history books. So many of them were done by James Bama. And it's crazy it's good it's it's almost like photo real yeah it's it's i've seen pictures of him his stuff that you you will argue that it's not a painting right yeah. right and it's what makes it great is if it is a you know if you if you side on the side that that's a photograph what a beautiful photographer it's a great photograph it's, it's, yeah exactly. talk about faces man this yeah. dude so he he started out doing um you know, working for an advertising agency and doing covers and things. And uh, he, he found a market in kind of action paperbacks. And he would do a lot of, like, uh, um, you know, the ice... Uh, uh, what's his name? Alistair McLean type mm -hmm. stuff. That, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bridge too zero. far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then he landed a contract to do... Doc Savage. There we go. And that That's was, where most of you will know this guy. Yeah, absolutely. He did the iconic covers for Doc Savage. Now, Boris did some Doc Savage mm -hmm. and other people too. Nobody did Doc Savage. I think everyone that's do that did Doc Savage is is aping Bama. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, because prior to just like just like Frazetta gave us that's Conan, mm -hmm. he gave us Doc Savage. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, whenever you saw Doc Savage, he was just some generic guy. White guy. Yeah. Uh, and Doc Savage, his Doc Savage is uh, a man of fucking bronze. Yeah. And he has this amazing widow's peak. Uh, a lot of his, that influence, you can be seen in, of all things, Race Bannon. Absolutely. From Johnny Quest. Yes, fucking A, yeah. Race Bannon and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. talking about that, that, that look. Oh, that look, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Race Bannon. Yeah. But Indiana Jones, absolutely. Yeah. Going into tombs and yep. stuff and finding mysteries yep. and yeah, absolutely. got that ripped shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, Poor, poor Doc Savage, man. He couldn't keep his shirt from getting ripped. 
<laughs> but he he um so he did that and and he, and he did this he, he there's this beautiful iconic painting of uh doc savage is um, uh, it's a portrait and then the I forgot what is what his crew was called the fabulous five or, or something like that and they're all painted kind of in the background if you read the books even if you had not seen that painting mm -hmm. i challenge you to not think of those people looking that way because yeah. that's exactly how they're described yeah it's beautiful stuff and uh and as far as uh, genre goes the other reason why he was important is because he did all the box art for all the aurora Universal Monsters mm. um, model mm -hmm. kits, which were huge for us monsters. I had them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so he did all of those, um, and you know some of them are. I used to stare at those right for hours, like the Wolfman, and just your mind would just unreal and unspool with all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. beautiful. And then you get the kit together, and it was like yeah. it, it doesn't look anything like. <laughs> Right on. Uh, but when you were a kid, it was still cool. It was, it like was a, way cool. Um, and again, it sort of planted those monster kid seeds that yeah. we all had to have. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so now, if you check out James Bama, he's been for the last, you know, who knows, twenty, maybe longer. Um, he he does fine art, and it's not always, but a, but a big chunk of it is is western based. Mm -hmm. It's you know old. Again, a lot of cowboys sitting and looking at the camera. Yeah. Quote unquote camera. Yeah, cowboys, old Indians. Uh, he loves finding people with a lot of interesting texture and personality yeah, to yeah, their yeah, face. Yeah. And so. The old rummy. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you know yeah. someone, you look at their face and you there's his life is etched. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful stuff. I'm yeah, a cool. Huge fan. Uh, uh, before I get to some big catch-alls, I'm going to say... Uh, Gerald Brom, otherwise known as Brom. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Brom and I didn't write him down. Brom is the bomb, man. He, if, <laughs> <laughs> if you, Gerald, can you can we like market that? Yeah. I mean, if you Brom haven't is already. The bomb. <laughs> um, that's a hashtag for this episode. Uh, beautiful stuff. A lot of his work I got gobbled up in the ascension of Wizards of the Coast and Vampire the Masquerade and a lot um, of the Magic the Gathering yeah, games Magic the Gathering and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. But his there's a book out, I have it up here, called The Art of Brahm that it's like porn. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you know, and he's one of the, I think I, we've talked about this before, he's one of the few guys that I can think of who um I enjoy his writing as equally yeah. as his art. Yeah. And it's cool because when you buy a, a book by Brahm, like, for example, Krampus mm -hmm. or The Which Child is, Thief yeah. or um, Plucker, mm -hmm. um, when, when you buy a book, you're getting... It, it always bothered me. I don't, I don't, and I don't know. This is probably some horrible personality trait of mine. But it, as a kid, it always bothered me that I'd buy... Um, but it, but it was probably for the best because Robert E. Howard probably couldn't draw. Um, but it like it, like I, I was cognizant of the fact that I was getting two visions. Mm -hmm. um, I was getting the artist interpretation of what the guy was writing, mm -hmm. and I was getting what the guy was writing, which mm -hmm. is which is cool. But with Brom, you're getting it's, it's all getting from him. We interviewed Brom for Carpenter Austin back in the day, and. Uh, Surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, big rockabilly fan. Oh yeah, yeah I can yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was a cool dude. He was very, very cool, and his artwork is 
is stunning. And his and his writing is good. Like you say, it's it's one of those things where he doesn't get brought up enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's why I brought him up. It was wonderful. I heard him. He was interviewed by a uh, uh, Nori. Uh, uh, George coast, Nori, really? George coast Nori, to coast? coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. So Nori had no. They were talk, they were talking to him about Krampus, right? <laughs> and and he's trying to describe what because Nora had no clue and he's trying to describe what Krampus is and so he's telling him about you know putting kids in a, in a bass you know in a bag and whipping them with switches and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and taking them back to it and and he's he's laughing as he's saying that because it's ridiculous Nori's right horrified. Like, oh my god he was horrified he, he kicked him off the show nice yeah, he was like he kicked he kicked Brahm off the show and then said I don't care who you are. I don't think it's very funny when you start talking about kids. It, it's like, it was so, it was like listening to somebody who clearly has no idea what the fuck they're talking It's your talking grandfather about. talking about the Beatles in 1962. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or somebody telling you that, you know, you know pot's going to rot your brain and you're going to jump off the roof <laughs> thinking you can fly. And, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was, so bizarre. It's so funny. <laughs> I used to love that show back in the Art Bell days. Because oh, Art Bell would tell you to go fuck yourself. But Nori will entertain any idiot yes. in town. Yeah. Um, anyway, Gerald Brom. <laughs> Winding down. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this guy, but but just because of his... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? His... Uh, his Prolificness. Thank, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was everywhere, at least for a time, and he probably still is. But he often illustrates books that I don't read. So, um, and that's Michael Whelan. Oh yeah. Yeah, Michael Whelan. Uh, um, that's nice stuff. Yeah, it is, and and that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice stuff. Michael Whelan is someone who you you undoubtedly saw his work on the wall of in your sister's room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. mean that as, as a dig, but it was definitely Im more embraced. He did, he women. did the um, the uh, Anne McCaffrey covers, yeah. the, the Dragon Riders, Riders of Pern, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Which, good pull, and and it's and it's good stuff. Yeah, but I, I bring him up specifically here for for two reasons. One was, um, or well, for a couple of reasons. Um, well, he has a very definite style. Mm -hmm. When you see his stuff, it's it's very definite. Again. Like a couple of those other guys I talked about, you don't often look at his stuff and go, "Holy shit!" But you look at it and it's go, "It's nice, mm -hmm. exactly nice." Is a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. Um, but he did give us um, kind of uh, the definitive view of the Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. He also um, he also when they when they brought back. When they republished the um, John Carter series yet again in the '80s, he was the he did the covers for those. Mm -hmm. So, and he had some interesting he had some interesting covers. They were really they they were weird. His takes on some of the things were different than other folks that I had seen, and that was that was fun to see. But the reason the real reason why I bring him up is a lot of these guys uh, because of where they came from and the time period that they were working. Did a lot of Lovecraft mm -hmm. or, or Lovecraft-related stuff. They did stuff for Arkham House and stuff. As far as I know, this guy has only done one uh, Lovecraft painting, and it's called um, it's called Lovecraft's Nightmare, I think. And uh, it's it's a diptych. It's it's two paintings that when you put them side to side in either 
either yeah, way, other side. They, they, they fit together. Oh, that's cool. So it just continues into this giant painting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's unlike any other depiction of Lovecraft stuff that I've ever seen. It is absolutely perfect mm -hmm. and gorgeous. You are familiar with it if you've gotten if you got any of the yeah 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 it's yeah. the it's it's it's, it's, it's almost it's all the black guy, and white. It's the guy wrapped up in the spider web. Yeah, guy yeah, wrapped yeah, yeah, in yeah. the spider webs, red eyes. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. It's it's a yeah. Piece that's of great. Work. I yeah. forgot all about that. That's if you I get like him. the big anthology of Lovecraft stuff, it's usually on the cover. Yeah. Um, did you want to do? I'm gonna hit a big catch-all right now. Okay. And this is gonna probably it may click off a lot of these. Okay. I'm gonna say generically, uh, EC Comics. Yes. Now within EC Comics and the Warren the Warren books and stuff, you've got a couple of names that are important. William Gaines is the publisher. Sure. Um, Al Feldstein. I'm gonna go through them really quick. Harvey Kurtzman, Johnny Craig, Reed Candle, Jack Davis, Will Elder, George Evans, Frazetta. Gasly, Graham Ingalls, Jack Kamen, Bernard Krigstein, Joe Orlando, John Severin, Al Williamson, Basil Wolverton, and Wally Wood. Now, I'm going to come back to a couple of those. Uh, it's what you think of when you think of horror comics. Yes. Um, the stuff that, that, that helped to contribute to the comics code. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All of the Frederick Wortham stuff, all of the Seduction of the Innocent, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a result of that, a lot of these books went away. And Gaines left that and went and headed up Mad. Right. Which, as I said, we were going to come back to Mad Magazine. So, within that, there's a couple of things. Two names I want to bring up is Will Elder and Harvey Kurtzman because... And this isn't really genre, but I think we both are big fans. Little Annie Fanny. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Talk about loading a frame. Yes. With jokes and stuff and, and um some of the other names, you know. Uh go ahead go ahead with your, your if you were gonna say anything about it. I'm gonna come back to a couple of uh, I, I wasn't gonna say anything about these guys in particular, other than um, you know EC Comics I think it's easy with, with this amount of time having gone by to to forget about the influence that it had. Mm -hmm. And um, it's where we get all of our anthology horror from. Absolutely. It's where we get our images. I mean, because even when... Okay, so prior to Night of the Living Dead, zombies mm -hmm. were... Uh, Patient. Huh? Haitian. Yeah, they were Haitian, and, they, and, they, and you didn't see people falling apart and rotting and stuff. They were just you did in these they, they, these books. In these books, <laughs> which were before that. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Like some of the the, the zombies, and this that's where you get the crypt keeper from. I was just gonna say it also sort of made children friendly things like the crypt keeper and right. the witch and the and the whole house of shadows and house of secrets kind yeah. of thing all these horror hosts mm -hmm. um there's a reason they all look a certain way right absolutely and and yeah. and, and these books all had their version jim warren continued it in the late 60s and 70s with uncle creepy and mm -hmm. cousin eerie and, mm -hmm. and and a lot of the guys that came from ec went into that he made those books specifically to get around the freaking comics code Absolutely. because he made it magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't now, a comic. Yes, yeah. it wasn't a comic. You know, and we talked about pointillism. Um, Basil Wolver Wolverton, big pointillism guy, renowned for a lot of 
weirdly grotesque caricatures. The guy with the big buck teeth and the individual teeth are hanging yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah. It's all pointillism and it's all weird looking, but very cool. But it's very yeah. It's very you know cool. that's 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 the trick, isn't it? If you're gonna do something absurd, mm-hmm. go bigger. The, the go trick home. is go big and make it look still make it look real. Mm-hmm. It's like the proportions are all wrong, but the shading and everything makes it look like it's an actual thing that could be there in front of you. Sure, and it's and it's cool looking. The other thing is I want to mention also is is again Mad Magazine Jack Davis. Yes, Davis did a lot of interior art on all this stuff, and Davis is the guy you kind of think of when you think of Mad Magazine. Yeah, his artwork. Um, again, uh, those big those big splash pages with uh, just so much shit going on. You know, mm -hmm. like characters in every little part of the frame and, and jokes everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And again, Wally Wood is a, is a huge name, too, and did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wally Wood um, is, is really active on Facebook. And, uh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is, is producing drawings all the time just for seemingly for fun. For fun. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. Anyway, that's a big sort of basket, but it's it's really important yes. when you talk about this stuff. Um, the the last, well, no, maybe not the last. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We would be remiss not to talk about um, my favorite Kansan, uh, Richard Corbin. Okay. Richard Corbin um, is again again. Oh my God! Damn. Right. Again, a guy who has this very distinct style and he mm -hmm. would combine he would combine different um different techniques he, he would do airbrushing um to, to create these these just beautifully um soft uh shadows on people and his in in his color choices were always bold you'd have purples on people's skin and uh, and he could do the most beautiful, um, let's face it, as a as a adolescent kid, you know, show me boobs, like you know. Yeah, there was a cool, although it's like I always, whenever I read Corbin stuff, I always got the impression there was something sexy going on, right? And it felt just wrong enough. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, he 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 could skirt that line, right? It's yeah. Like, there's 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 some perversion underneath all of this, but yeah. it's under it. A lot know? of the den stuff got printed in um, heavy metal, right? And yeah. that's you know, and that stuff is was. Kind I want to say, front. wasn't there a den den piece in uh, heavy metal? Yeah, in yeah. the movie heavy that's what metal. I thought. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, den it, den is is kind of big. Mm. His big big success. Um, it <laughs> ran in heavy metal, and then and then he 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 ran his own comics. Um, the, uh, kind of a follow-up to Den called Den Saga, mm -hmm. um, and it just you know it just continues on. But the, but the the in my opinion the two really good books to get are Den and uh, Movovum. Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, they're both Den, Neverwhere and Movovum, and uh, they're they tell the story of Den that we are familiar with from Heavy Metal, okay. and then goes on a little bit beyond that. But they're they're just absolutely gorgeous. He's a fantastic sculptor. Mm -hmm. um, his style, because he is he works in comics, will vary uh, greatly in I don't wanna, I don't want to say quality, but but uh, how much work he's put into it. Where it's a just this beautifully rendered 
piece. Mm -hmm. And then the next panel will be like, it looks like he just like sketched it in real fast with a brush and didn't yeah, yeah, spend yeah. much time. You know who on does it. that a lot is uh, Sinkevich. Ah. Which could have been named in this episode, but didn't really fit genre, in my opinion. Right. Corbin um, does a lot of horror stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of horror stuff. Um, did a I'm lot gonna, of love. I'm gonna say he did a House of the Usher once. That was really oh cool. yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Oh my God, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah yeah He, yeah. he did uh, he did you know he does did Poe that was just yeah beautiful. Yeah, House of Usher. yeah sure. Uh, he did um um uh I'm trying to think of uh, yeah yeah he had these really weird titles that he did his own like uh Jeremy Brood. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, that. Yeah yeah and wow. um. They, you know, there were similarities in all of them, but um, his his stuff is hugely um, prolific, hugely iconic, um, and uh, definitely a guy that you look at and you go, "That's Corbin." You know, yeah. it's like there's nobody else. Much like, like like Wrightson or even yeah, exactly. Vallejo, you look at that and you know immediately it's got this aspect to it for for folks who aren't familiar with his stuff that we've been talking about the stuff that he does with uh, Fanagor press and that kind of stuff um you're probably familiar with the cover for meatloaf's bat out of hell there we go yeah that's corbin yeah, yeah and that yeah, yeah. and that shows oh that guy screaming out of the grave on the yeah motorcycle? yeah yeah, yeah and then how that, many that times that on the yeah, on the yeah yeah how many fucking hours did you spend staring at that shit Right, and not then, even listening to the record. And then wondering because, why, as much as I like Meatloaf, wondering why the music didn't match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to, speaking of Meatloaf, sidebar, you want to hear something truly awful? Jim Steinman did a Broadway play once, and I forget what it's called, but oh, dude, <laughs> oh, oh, it's bad. F finish with what you have, because the my last one is a big catch-all. Okay, okay. Um, I, I I'm not going to talk a lot about Giger. Sure. Because he's an elephant in the room. He's an elephant in the room, and we've talked about him before. But it would be, um, it'd be wrong not to mention mention him in sure. this episode. Um, Talk about sexuality. Yeah, his, his yeah. stuff explodes with sexuality, and, and of course we have you know, for all time we'll have Alien mm -hmm. um, because of because of him. Um, again, the same thing with Mobius. Yes. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, oh shit. Jean, what's his real name? Jean. Jean Gerard. Gerard. Yeah. Um, a very very distinctive style. Also, you can his see stuff. in the heavy metal cartoon. Yeah. As stuff. you can, Wrightson. A lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. um, you can see their their. I haven't picked up lately heavy metal, but I hear Grant Morrison is editing it. Oh so wow. That's. I haven't picked it up lately either. I I I began. They began to do these like giant pieces that filled up a whole magazine, mm -hmm. and I I didn't enjoy that as much. I liked seeing all the different variety of, of right. writing and, and stories, but and that's but, a tough format. That little like seven page. It is a tough format. Yeah. I I should subscribe to Heavy Metal just because the art is a constant it's inspiration, good. and they always they always do a spotlight on artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember I have that that the 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 one with the Olivia cover. Oh yeah, with yeah. the with the the the, the zebra Shit. lady. I know. There's Olivia. another one, Olivia <laughs> Di Bernardinas. Yeah. Oh my God. So many. My wife, we met her at a San Diego Comic Con, and she signed a, a print for my wife. That's a beautiful print too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's something, man. I she. That's one of the things that's really cool. I'm noticing on Facebook, Facebook Live. Yeah. I'm seeing like Ken Meyer Jr. Uh, they they put their 
camera going and they get on Facebook and they, they live and they do a piece they do an entire piece right in front of your yeah. ass and it's the shit and they talk and they, they'll oh, answer questions Olivia just did a uh, she didn't do a video but she she did a series the Josephine of Baker no the um, the Bride of Frankenstein piece that oh she no did. shit yeah 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 that was very cool she just did a Josephine Baker sketch that was fucking amazing yeah it was amazing yeah she fuck she's like, <laughs> and the, other, the other name i'm going to throw out there i don't know if he's on the, the ending of your list is but um i we would be remiss not to mention drew struzan that's that's the last guy yeah, on yeah, list yeah. Here. yeah um you know harry knowles bugs the hell out of me most of the time sure um but he said something about drew struzan that i think is probably the most accurate thing to say about struzan's work and that is he said that Drew Struzan's posters make you nostalgic for something that you haven't seen yet. Yeah, and that's so right on. Perfect. Look at his stuff, his work on um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Star Wars stuff, uh, the Big Trouble in Little China. You know, it's just when you there's a great documentary on Drew Struzan on Netflix. Yeah, and it's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, it, it's it, amazing. And to see someone with that level of talent be so plagued with self-doubt yes is absolutely refreshing <laughs> yeah and he definitely i mean because of the posters because of the movie posters we recognize a struzan now mm -hmm. but that documentary shows you like when he was getting other jobs he could paint like anybody yeah he could you know they were like i don't know how many times they mentioned can you do paint like norman rockwell he was like sure i can sure. Do like oh, there you go and, and yeah, he just he could do it all and um that uh that uh, that Alice Cooper mm -hmm. cover is, oh. is beautiful. He, he has that cool style. I see. An, I see a couple guys kind of aping it. Mm -hmm. um, he has that cool style of like it's a combination of painting and colored pencil, mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to say what's painted and what's drawn. And and he'll have like um uh like when you get up close to the drawings and you look uh, to the paintings and you and uh, the posters and you look at them. You'll see, like, he's he's not somebody like, uh, he's not like Bama, where he's, like, trying to make it look like a photograph, mm -hmm. but yet he captures the essence of that subject so well right. that when you step back from it, it looks like a photograph. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. when you get close, you it's see It's almost, in a weird way, I want to say, it always reminds me of, like, Surratt in that way, George Surratt. Right. The idea that if you get up close, it's just a bunch of dots. Right. But when you step back, the eye blends in together. Yeah. And that's beautiful stuff. Uh, his his uh, again, here's a guy that like when you when you for me and and this is probably a generational thing. Whenever I think of Indiana Jones or whenever I think you of think of that art, I think of that art. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, he has an ability also, when even above and beyond his artistic talent. His compositional talent is off the chart. Right. It it just he manages his finished product manages to just encapsulate, like it, it pulls you in. You want to see what this movie's about. Right. It, it and then after you see the movie, it's a pretty good representation. Absolutely. Of, of you, you 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 don't generally on one of his posters you don't just have a character. Mm -hmm. You've a got bunch. a character, and then you've got all these little scenes from yeah. the movie. From the movie. Yeah. Look at the uh, temple. Of, Doom, the third one, that poster, with yeah. all his little cars running around yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. It, it is. It's great. Um, and he, and he also does things that like, um, his poster for the thing. Oh. is so cool. 
And, there's, and it's yeah, nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's a guy. It's a guy standing in a parka with like shards of light coming out of his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny to hear him tell that story. It's like he had nothing. He didn't know what it was about. They, mm-hmm. you know, they, other than it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the Arctic. Okay. <laughs> and so he did it overnight and yeah. sent it to him, and they loved it. Yeah, and... that's funny. It's funny how many many names are on the same yeah. list. <laughs> uh, my my final guy, I think you're done. You set your cards down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my final guy is a bunch of guys, and yeah. I'm going to call them generically new guys. Right. And here's yeah, some yeah. names I'm going to throw out there. Number one, friend of the show, Nick Gucker. Nick Gucker. Nick's stuff is great. I, I And I've bugged. I've probably bugged a few of these guys yeah. on this list with late night, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you do this? We want to bring Nick on for a Lovecraft We totally show. do. Yeah. Um, Nick's stuff, uh, it, it, it has the DNA of like Big Daddy Roth's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and it's so cool because Nick handles the brush so well. He, he Nick mostly works in, in um, pen and ink, er, mm-hmm. inks. And he has a hand that I just, I can't... I can't do it. I've tried and I've tried where his line work is like, it's thin, then it's thick, then it's thin again. And and I, I get it in my head, but I just can't translate it from my brain to my hand. Sure. And it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah, in a weird... And, and, the, and it's never... It's all very sort of spun through this weird lens where it's... Uh, I don't want to say it's as extreme as Wolverton, but it's it's got that same sort of right you know, it, fingers that are exceptionally long and right it's he's very loose and mm-hmm. and and makes it work it's like he's it's like whatever he's drawing he's looking at through this it, here's what i imagine all right i, I imagine nick the hat yeah. is sitting is sitting in his in a studio and he has something that he ordered from the back of <laughs> a comic book yeah like it, when he was 10 and it's like you know magic lens and you hold it up to your eye sure and it distorts the world around you into this cool <laughs> 1960s weird hip thing and and he produces it and yeah. it's amazing it's good stuff yeah uh so there's that guy next name paul komoda also a friend of the show also a friend of the show and we want to have paul on the show paul's work is just the bomb it's it's so it's got all the elements that we talked about about Bosch and, and about um uh darrow but it's got this super cool sort of fetishy absolutely well, to it paul is so interested in in um the organic world mm-hmm. right um if you follow him on facebook it's nothing but pictures of bugs and <laughs> bugs and, and caterpillars and grubs and yeah. guinea pigs and and he has a guinea pig named after furiosa yeah from, from <laughs> that's the shit and his and all of that is reflected in paul's art and um i know paul gets gets frustrated because people think of him as um a, a, a this guy or mm-hmm. a that guy you know he's a lovecraft guy and he's you know, paul's Paul's guy. Yeah. His stuff is... Talk about a guy who's, when you see his work and you know his work, you immediately recognize it. You immediately recognize it. And you'll see, like, these... He'll take the most horrific, disgusting thing Mm -hmm. that you can think of. Somebody with syphilis. He'll he'll, he'll, he'll find these things with, like, diseases and 
and then he mixes it with these organic shapes and it it it, it, it turns into this yeah. amazing have you seen the there's a mickey mouse kind of looking thing that he did that was very very cool it's like a super mothership that looked like mickey mouse yeah yeah had the big mouse's ears and yeah that. um dovetailed off of that is kirk Komoda, his brother <laughs> which is He's also awesome. He's also awesome. I yeah. don't know as much about his stuff. I don't yeah. know. Now, I, I know that Paul's had work in like the film industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the thing about Paul, um, like, like, like some other artists, but Paul in particular is that, and I, and I think Kurt also, um, equally skilled mm -hmm. at sculpting as they are yeah. drawing. Paul used to work with... Um, worked with adi for a while yeah there was another guy that he worked with uh that did a lot of jewelry axel yeah yeah big, yeah, yeah big like bird head rings that mm. covered your entire finger yeah most of what you see uh the watchman guy um the writer alan moore alan whenever moore. you see alan moore and he's got all that weird all that shit on his yeah, hand yeah yeah bam <laughs> <laughs> but don't you hate him? That much talent in that I, one yeah, family. Exactly. Just, it's uh, like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Paul, I know you're out there. Stop it. Here's no, the don't stop it. Here's the thing about Paul that 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 I so so I look at Nick's stuff and I'm like, I try to I'm trying to figure out how yeah, to yeah. do that line work and I just can't do it. And here's the thing about Paul's stuff is like I try I try to Paul has this this amazing ability to make something look swollen and sore <laughs> that is unbelievable you look at it it's just like oh yeah. my god that's so painful and he is able to coat everything in this patina of slime yeah and that is so hard lots to of, do lots of uh pvc um clothing a lot of shiny yeah stuff yeah. um the picture of the girl kissing the squiddy thing i want to say mm-hmm Anyway, no, it was a piece that was in the in the uh, uh, Carpe Noctum twenty. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul was in. I forgot about that. Paul. Yeah, Paul was in yeah, Carpe Noctum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. So was Nick. Yeah, Nick yeah. was too. Yeah. So yeah. if you happen to have one of those, good <laughs> on you. Uh, another name I'm going to throw out there: Joshua Hoffine, which isn't technically an illustrator. He's a photographer, but he he does photos that are illustrations of stories that don't exist um he if you've ever seen the little girl in bed and the monster hands coming out from underneath oh yeah or, yeah yeah or uh there's one of a woman holding her kid and on the other side of the door is a maniac in a in a hospital gown with an yeah. ass it's beautiful stuff uh, he's working with doug jones he worked on with doug on a, on a jekyll and hyde thing but um i wanted to mention because He's kind of going using a different medium, but man, the core of what he's doing is straight sure, up illustration. Yeah, he's yeah he's illustrating he's illustrating a story. Mm -hmm. He's showing he's giving us a piece of uh, of that story that kind of encapsulates whatever that story is. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see it in that one image. You know what's happening, um, and you know, you, or at least you have the feeling of what's happening outside mm -hmm. of that moment. It's what I've always said about good art is that. Good art, in in Tom's opinion, it implies a past and it implies a future. Absolutely, it's not. That's why I'm not. I didn't have Boris on my because if Boris's stuff looks like someone standing in front of you and you're painting their picture, yes, 
in my opinion, good art is like Frazetta. It, it implies, I mean, there was shit that happened to get us to that yeah, moment. Exactly. And there's going to be shit that happens yes. afterwards. And um, I think Joshua nails that. Um, the other name I want to mention is a guy, look for him online and on Facebook. I'm going to fuck his name up. But Alexandros Pyromalis. This guy's got a lot, some line work that is the shit. He, we were going to do a, uh, a book, a coloring book. Mm -hmm. And the piece that we were going to use of his that we, we ended up didn't do, not doing the book. But it was a guy, just a guy, and his head exploded in this thing-like fountain that comes up to the ceiling and, you know, uh -huh. spreads out. Sure. It's fucking beautiful stuff. Does a lot of metal kind of stuff. Uh -huh. This guy's... Um, uh, but man, is it nice! Talk about line work. I'll show you some after the, after this. But look him up, Alexander Pyromalis. Um, good stuff. Yeah, good good stuff. But There's... the the nice news is is that we're not just saying that was you know like this this is a this art form. It's not static. It's in flow and it's in motion and people are coming in every day and young people. Right. You see them at cons all the time and you start looking through their their portfolio. It's it, like... it, something we didn't we didn't touch on. What we had talked about earlier prior to this is something I wanted to bring up just bri real briefly is that, you know, for a long time, illustration was, was and, and it probably still is, it, um, was kind of seen as different than mm -hmm. fine art. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, obviously, because you're doing it for as a commission for, to sell a product, um, whereas fine art exists in art on its own. But, but somehow along with that, there came this uh, prejudice against illustration mm -hmm. that it wasn't as important as quote unquote real art right exactly yeah 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 um and but i would argue that like the masters mm -hmm. you know da vinci michelangelo these guys what were they if they were not illustrators mm -hmm. look at caravaggio <laughs> look at exactly He's he's illustrating the stories of the day the ceiling of the sistine chapel yeah. it's an illustration sure, from the sure. bible yeah, yeah you know and if you look uh, look at Da Vinci's line work. All yeah. of his pencil stuff yeah. is like all of the designs for like the wing or whatever else. It's fucking amazing. When you see when you see Paul Komodo doing like just straight faces, mm -hmm. it makes me think of Da Vinci's yeah. line stuff. Wow, that's um, Eddie Praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but really? Totally. Yeah. Have you seen this Ernest Borgnine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my that god, Ernest Borgnine is the shit. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. If Da Vinci did Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> it would look like that. <laughs> If, if Da Vinci did Ernest Borgnine, I think it would go a little something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That just makes me laugh. I'm waiting for him to turn around and turn back. Yeah. it's. But again, we have pro undoubtedly left on the on the table oh, so hundreds of names. So, so but I think these are a pretty good indication of you know, the things that matter to us. And, yeah. And, I think, yeah, well, things that matter to us and, and things that matter to genre people... Um, you know, and and hopefully, I I would I would imagine most of our listeners know most, most of, of these, these folks. Yeah. But hopefully, there was a name or two in there that you didn't that you can go and check out. And yeah, and if you know of something that we didn't know, please let yeah, us know. We could, you know, this is a wide subject. Like we could do another. Of these shows. It goes back what we we said before that all we need to do is just add another person or take a person out, and the entire conversation changes. Yeah, and that's what the beauty of this show is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, so moving on, um, we're going to do everyone's 
Yeah, news. Starting with people who have died. Yeah. Today bummed me out. Yeah. Al Jiro died. Yeah. Uh, Al Jiro was a guy, used to t um, drug counsel people in San Francisco, mm -hmm. um, sang, and had a weird spasm, kind of like Joe Cocker, kind of a spasmatic kind of Style. way of singing. Yeah. But holy shit, if you want... Um, examples of that. The number one thing I recommend is he did a cover of Chick Corea's Spain. Yeah. And it's a style of stuff called vocalese where they take the melody line that the that the musician is playing and they put word to it. Words to it. If you if you're familiar, most famous example of this is one Lambert Lambert Hendricks and Ross, but most importantly Manhattan Transfer, like Birdland. Sure. Straight up vocalese. It's mm -hmm. and um um that really bummed me out. Um, then yesterday, this this is just noteworthy. Um, Chavo Guerrero, Guerrero Sr. died. Uh, wrestler, eh, father of Eddie Guerrero, and big dynasty in wrestling. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are wrestling fans, so I think that's noteworthy. Mm -hmm. um, Edward J. Bryant died, the writer. Um, seemingly surprisingly, not, not much that you might remember. He was one of those guys like... A journeyman writer like Carl Edward Wagner, okay. those, you know, yeah. just did stuff and was always at cons and, mm -hmm. and was a really cool dude. I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but I'm going to mention again, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica. Apollo. Apollo, yeah. yeah. Uh, not hugely important, but important. I mean, Battlestar Galactica and all that stuff. Right, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't notice. Not that old, Yeah. Well, I mean, sixty <laughs> to me, seventy. He's not yeah. that old. Yeah, no, yeah, but but, but then uh, when I was pulling the names out of this this database, I used pancreatic cancer. Uh, so, you know, yeah, there's no not a big surprise there. Yeah, uh, Al Jiro, I know two days ago they announced that he wasn't going to do his tour. Mm. So I think they knew. I think they sure. knew what was going on. And then the biggest uh, demise I want to mention is Ken Hanley, who's not dead. Ken Hanley is is was the supposed editor of Fangoria. Right. And he announced today that it that Fangoria is dead, that it's not gonna come back. It may come back online or something like that, but the print Fangoria is dead. And they stuck it out, man. They really did try. There was a couple of decisions that were made along the way that I, I don't want to talk about, but that I think were were dumb mm -hmm. um and profit driven right um but you know well, and and i'm just going to mention real quickly for, for uh, again i i don't know who's listening to each individual episode but tom wrote for fangoria for a long right, time so right. that's important to yeah know. since about two he knows what he's talking about about 2000 yeah i was hired there under hired i was brought in under tony timpone and then went through that those years and then with Chris Alexander, I, mm -hmm. Chris was used to be on a podcast that I did uh, years ago. Um, uh, but you know, it's like Fangoria. It's it. You started to see it as time went on, where it was like suddenly, you know, things that weren't straight up horror started to appear sure. on the cover because it was what was going to move. Lord of the Rings covers doesn't make sense on a Fangoria book, right? But, but I get it, right? Um, Fangoria um, grew out of um, Starlog, Starlog, which yeah. was that when Starlog came out, 
it, it made sense because science fiction was <laughs> was the thing. Star Wars had happened, right? Or Star Wars was happening, and Star Trek conventions were really huge, mm-hmm. and so so you had these science fiction titles, and Things somebody like fantastic, yeah. Somebody decided, you know, we need. There's no room in these magazines for for Friday the Thirteenth and all yeah. these other things that are happening. And then that, then that that was under the old Bob Martin days, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Bob Martin, who, by the way, has a Kickstarter. I guess he's fallen ill and he has a Kickstarter to help him with oh, wow. some of his bills. But Bob Martin, um, and then Tony took over, and um, uh, you know, there there was there its own problems then where it became this cast that you kept seeing like even if even if robert england was in a film that you could tell him a distance was dog shit right Gloria still covered him mm-hmm. because you know it was sort of there and unlike uh, no i don't want this to turn into a bashing thing no no, 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 no. was fangoria was great I, as i and, said today on facebook it was an honor to serve her yeah and so i don't don't think that i'm this is just me belly aching but i feel like you know it's like so it's like so many things it's like it starts out one thing mm-hmm. and then over time it, it turns into something else one of the reasons why they were probably able to stick around for so long yeah. when things like starlog and other things mm-hmm. went away because they couldn't they're just hard to hard right. to keep going if they're guilty of anything i think it it's of a resistance to adaptability mm-hmm. <laughs> Not seeing what was happening with the online presence, right. um, where where Fango was always the print book that everyone always had, you know, bought. Right. But their website wasn't as heavily trafficked as say as something as bloody disgusting or Dread Central or whatever. Else. Right. Um, and not seeing like, wait a minute, print. There's a problem with print. Print's gonna go away. We need to figure another way out. Right. They sort of dug in their heels, and they and they they were they were always they had an online presence, but it wasn't something as as broad as something like Shock to You Drop or or, sure. or whatever. Uh, I'm sorry to see it go. I it was my Bible for years. I mean, if Heather was here, Heather would be talking about. What I, the Bible I wonder. Was. I wonder if if this would be a, a viable model for for. People like Fangoria and 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 folks that were doing print magazines for so long, you know, um, you're familiar with Spectrum, the the fantasy and mm-hmm. um, art book that comes out once a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like if people could do something like that. The know? problem is, is that so much of horror slash genre news is is that news word. And these days, you know, I'll be honest, writing for online sources. You put two weeks into an article, and that article has about a 12 to 14 hour shelf life. Mm. And so it's just, you know, you just can't, you either, you either operate under that assumption that you're moving quick and fast and you're, and you're just getting the information out right. or you're digging and you're being comprehensive. And, and as it has shifted from comprehensive to, you know, if it leads, it, or if it bleeds, it leads. Right. Um, we lose a little something there. We lose a depth sure. there. I'm I'm am re- reminded of like um, uh, martial arts magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, and I don't know if it's still being done or not, but there used to be this thing called the Asian Journal of Martial Arts. Yes, it was like the Criterion Collection. Yeah. of that's a great book, it's, but it's not for the guy who wants no the UFC fan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's and like. It, 
seven-page article on how to tie a hakama. Right. It's like, uh, in, 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 I'm just thinking how cool it would be to see something like, <laughs> like um, the old, like the old research books. Mm -hmm. You know, where it just, you just, it's a book that focuses on a particular thing, and and it gives you a chance to dig in. And while it's not coming out every month or even bi-monthly, you're you know there's a series. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk real uh, briefly about. Um, uh, one of our past guests, um, Steve Johnson. Yes. When he was on, he was here uh, pimping the idea for his, his book, for Rubberhead. Rubberhead. It's fucking awesome. Oh, Rubberhead? Oh, my God. Oh, so you got it. I got it. Oh, excellent. It's so good. That's the, the The book is great. I mean, uh, the, 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 the quality of the paper, the construction of it, the... Um, the stories are fantastic. The photos are jaw dropping. Cool. But here's the here's the great thing. Steve Johnson is a fucking motherfucking badass writer. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, dude. It's so. I'm. I'm. Next time I'm coming, I'm bringing it to you. Oh, you cool. gotta read it. It's so good, and I can't wait to see the the rest of the volumes get done. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a major thumbs up oh, and right big on. props to Steve because right um, he's done something really great. Right on. It's good. Um, but yeah, Fango, uh, I'm sorry to see it go. And um, hopefully something you know, will take its place. Yeah. Uh, going on to, to news. Um, there was a screening last week of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh-huh. And they gave out test cards. And usually you, you get a mix... With any test screen, you get a mix sure. of some you know shit people liked and people didn't like. This thing across the board, every single card they got turned in, hundred percent. Really? Yeah, and that's crazy. That is that is crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but awesome. You yeah. Know what I mean, I, I saw the trailer. I'm not a big fan of the whole franchise. It's super fun. Mm -hmm. But hearing that, you just think. Man, James Gunn's doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, very cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I also read that Kevin Smith is rebooting Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, which to me says no one's buying my Moose Jaws bullshit. Right, and Yoga Hosers debacle, and so I'm gonna go back and play the hits. It's the equivalent of Rick Springfield at the local casino. I I I agree, but I would also say that. That's where Kevin Smith needs to be. Agreed. At the end of the day, that's his bread and butter. And everything else is sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love Clerks. Mm -hmm. I love Clerks too. I love sure. Mall Rats. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Jay Back. The yeah, it's yeah. silly All fun. of that view of universe I love. Yeah. It's the stuff when he starts going outside of it. That's when I'm. Yeah. I, he well, loses I, me. I had sort of philosophical differences with things like Chasing Amy. The idea that someone can't be a, a lesbian without secretly wanting dick is is ridiculous. And when he says at one point, he goes, "Well, we'll all fuck," and you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of you're looking, you're you're defining something from the outside, right? And it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, but that said, I will argue that that character, mm -hmm. um, what's his name, Banky Holden. Yeah, Holden, whatever, McNeil uh, or something. Whatever. Uh, I would argue that he is a surrogate Kevin Smith yeah. 
trying to figure trying it out. to figure this shit out. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he's just as clueless as yeah. As and this especially guy. when you see you know afterwards from cop out on, it's just yeah, yeah. it's you know yeah. he he's now doing TV and it seems like that's a good fit for him. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, they, it was announced SNL's Kate McKinnon seems to be getting everything every role handed down to her and she just got handed the role of Miss Frizzle in uh, Netflix's reboot of the Magic School Bus. Oh wow. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, Magic School Bus, growing up, good stuff. Yeah. You know, got got you involved in science and yeah. the whole idea of... I, I always questioned um, the parents who would let <laughs> their kids get shrunk down and <laughs> set up on a bus. But there you go. Um, I also read David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Danny McBride being um, the dude from Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. I, I remember him from the... the, the Foot this way, yeah. Foot this yeah, way, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but oddly, they're writing the reboot of Halloween. Yeah. Um, so probably not a big secret. I don't care. Like, yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah. Like, give me something well, new. What's interesting, kinda, is that they say it's picking up after Halloween two. Okay. And it's just it's dismissing everything else, which is interesting. I don't know if it's gonna work, but they're they're saying it's gonna be super scary. So. We'll give him a benefit of the doubt. Yeah, there's so many other things that could be done. Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi is doing a film based on Michael Jackson's chimp called Bubbles. Bubbles. And he's said, mentioned words like, or titles like Animalisa being as yeah. models for this. So it sounds like it's either animated or stop motion. I don't know. It, Which I, the thing I read, it was saying that the it's like, basically the chimp side of this story yeah uh, i don't know yeah and, and how do you go from a marvel movie to a movie about his chimp you know i just imagine the chimp these days you know do, well you go you go from it because one was a big hit so now you get to make the movie you want to make yeah, yeah. you get to make the bullshit yeah. you want to make uh they're also saying the it producer says that the movie the movie that's coming out is the first half of the book the second half, where uh, it follows the kids into adulthood, right. will be a later part movie. two. That's probably a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's self-contained. It's very, These sections it, are self-contained. Yeah, it's very, very, there's a very clear, you know, separation there. Uh, but I, I'm i a big fan of the of the TV version of it. Are you? Yeah. Um, I thought it did a good job. Up until the spider shows up, I'm with you. Well, but, you know, the spider's in the story, so what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. And, I, and I wasn't on board. Um, the only reason it was on my radar was because at one point, Kerry Fukunaga was going to direct it. Right. And uh, the guy who did the first, first season, season of True, True Detective. Detective which uh, but I guess he's moving on to a, re, a, a version of Caleb Carr's the alienist which is which like i'm very excited yeah, about that it's like victorian csi yeah and it's, it's, so it's a cool. great book that's a great book um so that seems good but this new thing that i think they cast the dude that plays jerome on gotham the guy that's they're they're modeling into the joker and okay it, i wasn't kind of into it but the more i see of it i'm at least interested yeah um, as long as it doesn't turn into a big CG mess, we're okay. Sure, sure. A uh, bunch of trailers released. I don't know if you got a chance to I see did, some. I've seen some of them. But so we'll go of... through them really quickly. Fa uh, Korean film called Fabricated City. A gamer gets framed for murder. Looks good. Looks very sort of, not matrixy, but it's very sort of half in that gamer world and half not. Right. 
movie called Unlocked, a spy thriller from Michael Apted. Um, it stars Renumi Rapace and uh, Orlando Bloom. Um, huh, that could be good. I I really like Numi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She the film scene, the trailer seemed sort of generic spy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but them being involved, uh, they released a trailer for Sofia Coppola's remake of The Beguiled with um, uh, Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, Elle Fanning, and uh, Kirsten Dunst. It's a story about injured uh, soldier, uh, Yankee soldier. I can't, I, I can't anyway. remember, but but he winds up basically be, be behind enemy lines, yeah, and hiding out at a at a boarding school for girls. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Yeah, uh, it's like he's they. It becomes this sort of like thing where as the longer he stays, the more he gets to know the women, and the women start vying for his attention. So right. it starts to go kind of starts off. to go starts to go wrong. It, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> that's one of that. The original with Clint Eastwood. That, that is one of my favorite Clint Eastwood movies. It's great, and I think it's responsible for one of my nightmares that actually woke me up <laughs> oh, wow. as a child, like like wake up, kind of yelling, screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, well, see, and now I don't want to talk about it because, like, even though it's an old movie, they're yeah. making a new version. But I'm I'm not excited that they're making it because I love this new thing. Looks good though. It yeah. looks very sort of southern gothic. Mm, I do like that, and we're kind of down with that. Uh, there was also a trailer for a new Schwarzenegger movie called uh, Aftermath. Aftermath. It looks looks good. It looks like a non-genre. It, it's plumbing the same ground that. Um, Maggie did the yeah. zombie daughter thing. Yeah, this is Schwarzenegger just he's acting, and it's not silly, and yeah. it doesn't seem ridiculous. There's like, no one-liners or anything. Yeah. There's and there's none of that bombast of like Last Stand or some right. of the movies he's been making. Right. So I'm interested in that. Um, another thing, Olivier Asayas, who did Irma Vep, is doing a movie called Personal Shopper. Now, normally I wouldn't be into it because it's got the girl from Twilight. Uh-huh. Man, it looks good. It's like a ghost story set in the French fashion world. Huh. And I, I'm kind of interested just because it seems like a novel take. And then finally, uh, anytime a Johnny Toe movie gets announced, I'm all over it. Sure. Johnny Toe has a new movie out called Three. It's got Johnny Toe regular Louis Koo and Wei Zhao, who was in Shaolin Soccer and mm-hmm. Red, uh, Red Cliff. Gangster is... Um, arrested uh brought to the hospital because he's injured and he starts dicking around like purposely delaying things because mm-hmm. he knows that his men are on their way to, to get him to break him out right and it looked really really cool johnny toe if you haven't seen any of his movies there there there's like election and triad election and it's all sort of corporate intrigue within the chinese triads right and it's super cool it's very gunplay, very kind of. He took up the mantle from people like John Woo. Yeah. Um, so as far as so that's that. There, there there's about that. Uh, uh, is there anything you saw this week? Um, I've been watching a lot of um, documentaries about artists. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. That's excellent. <laughs> the preparation for this, none of which I'm gonna go into specifics right now because I've seen so many in the last week or two mm-hmm. um but uh but i will say that it, that um youtube is your friend mm-hmm. and uh you can find most 
a lot of stuff there. Absolutely. I, I did rewatch um, Daddy in the Muscle Academy again, um, which is a documentary about Tom of Finland. Oh, okay. That's great. That's, yeah. Tom of Finland. There's another guy. Not yeah. quite what we're talking about, but no. with an illustrator. <laughs> Different genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom of Finland stuff is beautiful, It's though. beautiful stuff, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, uh, wow. Wow, yeah. that, I haven't seen that. I should see that. You should check it out. Uh, I just saw a half-hour documentary on um, Shaw Brothers. Oh really? Uh, that I didn't see. I also found an old Ron Balicki, Diana Anasano instructional. I tape. saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like sea lot entries. Yeah, yeah. like late seventies, early eighties stuff. Yeah. It was cool. That was very cool. But I find all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, me. I've seen a bunch of stuff. Of, of course, none of nothing really. You know, everything from shit like Creature from the Haunted Sea, which sure. is terrible. Um, <laughs> to old ping pong. Balls yeah, yeah. for eyes. I love it. To some, uh, there's a Filipino movie called Phobia. It's the title is Four B I A, um, anthology stuff. There's four, Phobia One and Phobia Two. Uh, I saw an old Peter O'Toole movie called Power Play. But last night, my wife and I went and saw John Wick. And I'm yeah. I want to talk about John Wick, but I also don't want to fuck it up because I know you haven't seen it. I will say this about John Wick Two. It's it's good. Yeah. It's fun. The fighting in it is a fucking clinic. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of this film so I can go through that shit in super slow motion. The story's <laughs> a little wonky, and it. I the the thing I said in the review I wrote that's on my website. Um, I would have liked John Wick two more if it didn't feel like a trailer for John Wick three. Um, that said, you know I'm on board. I'm totally on board. Um, I love that they're they're opening the world. And I put as soon as we walked out of there, I told my wife, I go, you know, I would cut a finger off to be given the opportunity to. I mean, imagine an, a fiction anthology of set in that world. Yeah. Imagine an entire f story just on the con the black concierge, the one who you know. So yeah. good to see you again, Mister Wick, kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Just that guy about Ian McShane's any one of those characters and the way that world operates. I would be so down for all of that. Absolutely. So. I, I could see a Pulp Fiction uh, thing where we, we, we do have this guy's story and we have that guy's story, but in different movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. The idea that you, you every, every single person has a background. It goes back to what I was saying about painting, that implied past and implied future. Right. Um, uh, I do think there are there are weaknesses here. I, I think certain casting choices are a little wonky. Mm -hmm. I think some people sort of sleepwalk through their role. Lawrence but that's Fishburne. not why I'm watching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That said, the violence is the shit. The yeah. thing that gets me in this film is is that, as opposed to the last film, what I really like about this one is this ability to, in a room full of people that are trying to kill you, grab the one guy, take him to the ground, lock him up in a jujitsu hole, shoot everyone in the room and then shoot the guy you're holding down <laughs> it's it's so odd yeah it's so much fun but i'm sure we'll talk once you see it i want to have a moment where we we come back together and we talk about it yeah that's turning out to be my valentine's day oh awesome thing. yeah so. nothing says i love you like shooting a guy in the face <laughs> and my wife was telling me she goes oh yeah val you know her birthday's coming up so she's like oh yeah for my birthday we go see john wick too i'm like well that's not really fair Anyway, so uh, I think that's it. I think we're, yep. we're, we're cruising in, coming in on two hours. Um, Heather, I hope we'll be back next week. She's very, very busy. 
Um, and next, we don't we don't know what we're doing. We still have the porn issue coming up yeah. um, episode. Uh, we're waiting to get some schedules to align. Yes. We're going to get that. Um, but I think we're good. Genre illustration. Right. Yeah. Episode 110. That was great. In the bag. So, uh, we'll see you next week, folks, uh, for the Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. Stay scary.